can't believe it's a little over three months ago now, I was figuring out how to make my commute to Fourth U work. And so I thought, why not invest in this thing that I've been seeing going around, e-scooters, right? Electric scooters is a nice form of transportation and it's not that far from the parsonage. But the problem was I've never ever been on an e-scooter before. Not even a regular scooter, I've never been on one. So it was a leap of faith to say the least to invest in this fairly pricey piece of mode of transportation. And so the first day I got it and set it up and assembled it, I decided to take it out for a test run just around my neighborhood, just to see if I could do it. And as soon as I veered off the sidewalk, and mind you, I was going maybe five miles per hour. I could have sworn I saw a turtle pass me by, actually, while I was scooting, right? And yet, this little old lady comes out, and at first, I thought she was gonna cheer me on and say, you're doing a great job, keep going. But instead, she said, effing scooter. <laughs> so don't worry, I know there's a child here, so I, you know, I'm not gonna say the word. And I was taken so aback by that, as one would with any curse word, right? And that, I think, is why we call it a curse word. Because instead of blessing me and giving me strength to go on, she was ruining my mojo, you know? So I thought about that and I thought, what does it mean to curse someone? And I thought about witches and paganism and hexes, right? And hexes, I looked it up, is an invocation for a supernatural force to intervene and inflict harm and punishment upon someone. And so, as we know, that whenever we hear these words, that does have an effect on us. And if we take this to a larger level, any act of conflict, violence, terrorism, or war is putting a curse on not just someone, but our entire planet. And a curse could be taken on a large level like that, or another definition of a curse, I love what Rebecca Parker said, that inaction and anesthetization, God, that's a mouthful, right? Uh, meaning being numb to the ills of the world is also a form of a curse. So in other words, a curse is both the sin of commission, of actively with ill intent doing something that would harm the world, or it could be a sin of omission. So being apathetic can also be seen as a curse. Well, what then, what magic potion can we use as an antidote to cursing the world? Blessing the world. So this is another word that I think has been misused in some ways, or there's a lot of confusion about what this word means. In the South, for example, 
one often finds the sarcastic version of "bless your heart," right? And on the offset, that sounds really nice and fantastic. When I first heard it, I was like, "Oh, you're telling me to, you know, bless my heart." But we all know that there's at least 50 other definitions out there that are not so nice, right? Or every single politician will get up on stage, and after their speech, they'll say. God bless America, right? As if to invoke some kind of otherworldly、um, supernatural power to just bless this one specific part of the globe, right? That's nationalistic and parochial. Why don't we ever say God bless the world? Period. Wouldn't that be a better way to look at it, right? Why do we have to be so narrow in who we bless or not bless? In other words, and so I think about what that word means, and the, a story came to mind. So picture it. I'm beginning to sound like Sofia from the Golden Girls, right? Picture it, Sofia, Bulgaria, 2018. Yours truly was traveling by myself, and I had my luggage with me, and I had.、Um, Uh, and I, I had all my stuff with me because I was about to make a transfer to an.、Uh, I was about to take the subway to the bus to get to Albania, then、um, uh, another country、um, in 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 that part of the in that part of the world, right? And so I had. I thought I had good directions with my trusted phone, but reception wasn't working that well that day. That's always the danger, right? When you're in another country, you can't really rely on the data coverage at that point. And so I was just walking around, wandering, being lost, not knowing where to go, not speaking the language, and I ended up at the subway station eventually. And I didn't even know how to communicate with the Ticketing person to tell him where I wanted to go, and in addition to that, I didn't have the local currency. And thirdly, as if that wasn't bad enough, I was noticing a line beginning to form behind me, and people getting anxious and a little impatient with this foreigner, who's lost and doesn't know what the heck they were doing. So, the person behind me. Kindly translated for me, and taught me where to go, and also paid for my ticket, right? And I was so grateful for that random stranger showing such acts of generosity and grace and kindness to me. And not only that, but he actually walked me down along with his pregnant wife, right? To the actual platform, thereby missing their train, right? Just to make sure that I knew exactly where I was going and that I would get there in one piece. And so, I thought the way to repay them was to take them out to lunch, because they missed their train and the next one wouldn't be until another half an hour or so. And lo and behold, I found out that they were. About to get married, and so during the course of the lunch, I got invited back to Bulgaria for a wedding, right? 
I politely refused because I was like, ah, oh, that's going to be an expensive wedding. So um, I, I didn't actually do it. But just the mere fact of them inviting me, and they offered to pay for lunch, which I could have done with my credit card because at that time they did accept, you know, um, another form of payment rather than the local currency. So that for me was a moment of someone choosing to bless a stranger, right? Notice the difference there? And I know that that's only a microcosm of how we actually view this whole thing of blessing. And it began with a gift, not just the gift of the money for the subway ticket, but also the gift of companionship. And eventually we became Facebook friends. And um, it was a beautiful thing of giving me hope that there's actually good people left on this planet, right, in that moment. And it reminds me that blessing, a blessing is a spiritual practice. So those of you who were here last week, you'll remember the five shuns, right? Oh, gosh. Okay, one nod. All right, so I'll remind you of what the five shuns are. Melanie, can we put up on the screen? The first shun is attention, and after I was talking to one of you last week, um, I heard the remark that, yeah, sometimes attention could have a negative connotation because we think that, you know, we, we hearken back to military folks who say, attention, right? Or um, it's, it's, it's used in a classroom setting in kind of a, a, a disciplinary kind of way. So attention, if we want to translate it into being mindful, perhaps, that's a better word for it. Be mindful of the gifts that you were given. And I found it great that both Eric Williams and Rebecca Parker used that word gift as a starting point for how we bless others. So let's take an inventory and pay attention to the gifts that we were actually given and then set an intention of how we are able to use these gifts. And so again, if you were paying attention to, I love that reading, by the way, by Rebecca Parker on choosing to bless the world. If we were to do a Lectio Divina on it, right, you'll hear the word grace and beauty appear many times. And this is my definition of grace. My definition of grace is it's the unexpected appearance of beauty. So I think those two words are actually related, right? That our intention is to be in the moment to let grace into our lives so that and and let grace into other people's lives so that's another aspect of a blessing and the third is repetition right that being blessing someone and being blessed ought not be a one-off kind of experience but rather a spiritual practice than and a habit that we do over and over and over again and notice that rebecca also says that this is not a solitary effort, this whole business of blessing others, which is why we have this congregation where people gather together week after week to provide hospitality, to be a worship associate, to do all kinds of roles that we're going to recognize in a few minutes here, because we choose to bless each other in a congregation and in community with one another. So that's the fourth shun is congregation boom. And um, also, I hearken back to the fact that the Rotary, for example, 
was a congregation that made an effort to eradicate polio all over the world. So that was literally their way of blessing the world as a congregation. And the last piece I want to talk about is integration, meaning that we ought to somehow incorporate this into our daily lives so that it becomes a way of life, so that what we do is not just for ourselves or even just for our small community or our immediate circles, but rather that how we act and how we play out in the world and all our interactions are all about choosing blessing. Now, there's this word choice that I want to highlight because I also used it last week and I recognize that the impact might have fallen differently on different people when it comes to this word choice. And I don't want to imply that anything we do, like choosing joy or choosing to bless the world, is can be done with just the flick of a switch, right? This or a snap of a finger. This kind of stuff doesn't happen overnight. And again, this is why there's repetition involved in the spiritual practice in that the choices we make are not a one-shot deal and that this it, the choice itself is like a spectrum. And on the one end of the spectrum are those really difficult choices. Remember the movie Sophie's Choice, for example, right? We have come to use that as a way to describe situations and decisions that are so difficult. What choice could we possibly make? To the ones that are more mundane, like what kind of clothes am I going to wear today? And will it match or not, right? So that's the other side of the spectrum. And then there's also the part where it's probably not even a choice at all. Like being LGBTQ+, for example, that's not a choice, right? And again, I recognize that for some people, it's even more complicated and trickier because of other factors that may inhibit the decision-making process, such as mental illness or being neurodivergent, or even finding yourself in certain economic circumstances, for example, that somehow limit your choices. So when we're talking about choices here, I want to draw it out to the fact that it's more complex than just the choice, for example, in the matrix between the blue pill and the red pill, right? Although I must say that whenever we do make a choice, it does make a difference. So while we may not be able to control the outcome of our choices, because it also involves other people making choices, right? So this is like a collective um, uh, living into the consequences of our actions, for example, it still makes a difference because no matter what, each of us still has agency around what kind of choices we make. So that's what I want to leave you with this morning is the idea, and I, again, I love the way she framed it um, at the end, that this is about being um, companions in the struggle. I think that's the word that she used, right? And choosing to bless draws us into community because none of us can be a solitary messianic figure 
but together, all right, hold that thought for a minute because I want to read exactly what she said. She says, together, but together, that is another possibility waiting. Together, that is another possibility, possibility waiting. I, I love the framing of that. And so our ending isn't here yet, but rather we just have different possibilities. And the question comes back to us, what will we do with our gifts? Are we gonna choose to curse the world like that little lady when I was on the e-scooter? Or are we gonna choose to bless the world like the stranger in Romania that quickly became a friend? Hi, and welcome to Getting the Message, where we dive a little bit deeper into our service themes. Reverend Jennifer, thank you so much for blessing us <laughs> with your presence today. Thank you for being a blessing as well, Ember. So I'm curious, with Volunteer Appreciation Sunday, uh, what was the inspiration for choosing the theme of blessing? It was actually in reading Rebecca Parker's passage, um, which Deb did such a beautiful job with. I know it's a very long passage, but it's called Choose to Bless the World. And it makes a distinction between what a curse is and what a blessing is and how it's a spiritual practice to engage with um, th th this whole idea that we are somehow blessing the world. I, I you know, I copy and paste the, the readings into the, our social media, but this time I will say I took a little bit longer to actually read through it and I really, yeah, I, I found it to be a very moving and uh, inspirational uh, reading so an excellent an excellent inspiration <laughs> yeah and you know I must say too that I thought it was good follow-up to last week's sermon about yeah. joy, choosing joy right. so this is another choice and um, again as you've heard earlier I talked about how this is a um, way that we recognize that People in this congregation, people are for you, have made sacrifices in order to, to choose to bless not just the rest of the congregation, but also um, out there in the community right. and the world. Oh, definitely. Well, I particularly appreciated your, um, you know, inclusion of some, some uh, witchy insights as, <laughs> as a UU pagan. Uh, I did appreciate that. Uh, but Yeah, you like that part about the hex. Eh? Yeah, you know. I promise that I'm not casting any hexes. Um, <laughs> Good. Phew. That's a relief. Uh, besides on our occasional sound quality issues here with our owl. I um, <laughs> hope you can bear with us, I folks. I think we've done is... a good job of exercising it it's at true. this point, it's right? True. The well, power of owl compels you. <laughs> the power of owl compels you. <laughs> well, one of the things as I was reflecting on it was thinking about how uh, like in, in witchcraft and witchy works in earth-centered spirituality, mm -hmm. one of the big things behind that is whether it's a curse, a blessing, some sort of working, some sort of like just a thing that's created, it's all about intention. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really true for like how we bless each other is that it has to be like an intentional choice. We can't just like, like yes, we can accidentally um, bless others. You know, maybe we um, caused a... a a bus to be delayed and someone else was able to make the bus because of our <laughs> um, and so that was a blessing to them but like for the most part 
Wow, this is the second week in a row, Ember, that you're using the bus analogy. Yeah, you know what? I um, It's the hour that I spend on a bus coming into work on Sundays. <laughs> it, it's just, so New York. It gets me, gets buses on my mind. <laughs> um, but, you know, so I think that uh, we, yeah, we have to be, we have to be intentional about um, our blessings and how we act out our gifts that we have. Like we, we all may have gifts that we, we bring to a community. We all may have, have blessings that we can bring, but like unless we're intentionally sharing those, it's gonna just kind of hang out. Absolutely, and that's why intention is one of the five shuns, right, that I mentioned earlier, because how we approach this makes all the difference in the world. So in order to bless someone, you have to come in it with the intention to exhibit grace and compassion and, and beauty and love. So all those intentions actually makes a difference in terms of what kind of outcome we're gonna get. So as I, again, as I mentioned, is it the intent to harm? Is it the intent to cause damage or inflict violence on another? Because if it is, then that's the definition of a curse. But if the intention, again, is to bring more justice and more um, compassion and joy to the world, then that's what a blessing is by definition. Well, I'm going to do the important thing. I'm going to bring Hegel into this. No. Oh, God. <laughs> You're going to bring me back to my seminary days. Um, you know, I, my, my subtle brag of my uh, graduate school days is that I uh, got an A from a really tough philosophy professor uh, on a paper about Hegel. So, oh, my gosh. Um, that is well, my... I guess that balances my D in Kant. <laughs> I can't do Kant. We're, we're full of the puns today. Um, yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, but like, so I was doing a little like uh, a little, you know, maybe like radical politics influenced reading, um, and but it was talking about like this idea that like we we get stuck in this like universal messianic vision of like perfection mm -hmm. um, and that we have to have that and anything else is a betrayal of that um, and that's you know the kind of the narrative that like I can't believe that you know this movement betrayed all that they were about and but the way we bless each other you, you talked a little bit about like how we're not solitary messiahs that was, mm -hmm. that's what made me think of it well um, Rebecca Parker talks about it right that's the end of her poem right you referred to oh, it yeah, <laughs> I did yeah but uh, yeah, we, we can't um, kind of in the same thing with, with intention mm -hmm. that like, yes, we have these ideas of these ways that we can be perfect blessings and that everything can operate perfectly, but we're in a real world, we're in real communities, we're interacting with other people who all have their own lives and experiences and things that cause them to get to any certain moment. And it's gonna, you know, sometimes be imperfect, but mm -hmm. we still, um, we, we can grow through offering ourselves in blessing even if it's in imperfect ways, I think. Absolutely, and I think the whole thing about blessing and choices is that we make our choice but others make their choices as well. And so when we put our intentionality together and we make choices together, when we're in concert with one another, that that brings about a whole nother level of power and that's when we begin to transform the world. 
Not to say that any of our individual actions don't make a difference, but as the Buddhists say, we live in a world of multiple causalities, right? right. And there's cause and effect all around us. And so we don't have control over other people's actions. We have control over ours, but with a bunch of people moving forward in the same direction, in the case of Unitarian Universalists, for example, if we go at this with our principles and our values, then that's what's gonna make the bigger impact. And that's what's gonna bless the world and not just our own little community or um, our own little lives, but rather the ripple effect right. is a lot more palpable. Right. That and that's, that's one of the, the shuns, the integration. Absolutely. I, I paid attention yeah. to your shuns. Well, it's congregation and integration, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. We do it together and that we have to uh, bring it to, to action in our, in our lives that we, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Well, Reverend Jonifer, thank you once again for blessing me with your time today. <laughs> thank you. Ember, keeping the jokes going. I'm blessing the jokes. me with your humor and your um, provocative questions. Yes. And thank you all for blessing us by watching the video today. Bless you.